look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday to everyone. Kip Harris here with the WBR Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a great day today. This morning, futures were, were lower by about 100 points in the Dow Jones, maybe 120 points. And here came the much-anticipated CPI, the Super Price Index, even though it's a lagging indicator, closely watched, especially the core CPI, for signs of what's happening with inflation. Is the Federal Reserve going to follow through with what Jay Powell said at his last presser, which essentially was, our job is pretty much done here. We think this looks like a pause. Well, we got exactly what we needed today. Not a huge not a huge uh, uh, change from estimates that, that were out there uh, in advance, but still, CPI continues to fall. Uh, March, excuse me, April CPI fell to 4.9%, just barely beating estimates of 5%. However, the quarter reading uh, also was a slight beat at 5.5%, down from uh, March's 5.6%, but it was more elevated than the regular CPI. Of course, the core CPI strips out food and energy because who of us eats food or uses energy? Talk about a completely useless indicator to have. Other inflation gauges, and by the way, this is the 10th month in a row that inflation has fallen. That's called disinflation. We've been talking about this now for a while. I've actually been using the quote seven to eight months, 10 months now. We've had disinflation in the U.S. I know it feels weird to say that, because prices are still rising year over year. But remember, CPI was, uh, I think I saw a high print, what was it, and uh, in, in, in just over a year ago of 11%. The PPI, which we'll get tomorrow, the producer price index, I believe the high print there was 13% inflation, again, just over a year ago. So the trend is definitely working in our favor. Uh, the Fed's rate hikes, uh, I, I guess we could say, have done their job. Uh, the 10-year today, the 10-year yield, uh, uh, dropped today to 3.43%. Remember, the Fed funds rate, which of course is the federal, the, the rate the Federal Reserve controls, uh, is five and a quarter percent. So again, the 10-year, 3.4% versus 5.2%, 5.25%. Folks, the, 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 the free market, if you will, the, the bond market, in this case, the 10-year bond market is telling us that the Federal Reserve is going to cut rates and they're going to cut rates this year. We expect rate cuts in the fourth quarter of this year. We've actually been calling for rate cuts now. We should be having rate cuts now. Uh, but there are segments of the popula- of the economy that continue to do very, very well. I'll talk about housing in just a moment, which continues to hit new 50, matter of fact, new 15-month highs now. And uh, also it's happening in global markets. Tyler covered this in the podcast yesterday. Global markets are hitting... 52-week highs, in some cases, all-time highs. First of all, today, uh, again, a big flip in the futures this morning after the CPI beat. Uh, Dow futures down over 100 points. Uh, we rallied big, up about 200 points, and then the wind got knocked out of the Dow Jones cell. The Dow Jones was the only uh, major index that finished lower, uh, just slightly lower. Losses at 30 points had fallen as much as more than 300 points. So good, smart money out there for the Dow Jones. Everywhere else with pretty solid gains. NASDAQ uh, finished up just over a hundred, uh, just over one percent, up one hundred and twenty-six points. SP five hundred up a half percent, and Russ two thousand also up uh, just over a half percent. Also leading today with the semiconductors. They've been, they've been, what have they been? They've been, uh, I don't know. I'll call it basing. They've been moving sideways now for about a month, uh, but today they're up seven cents to one percent. We really want to get the uh, semiconductors. Uh, headed in the right direction again. But today was very good to see. Again, NASDAQ 
and semiconductors leading the way higher. That is what you need for a really strong bull market move higher. Um, NDX, NASDAQ 100, folks. This is the story here. Really, the story is our generals. We've been talking about this for a while with you now, and we're getting more and more evidence of this. And what we call a rising tide lifts eventually lifts all boats. Folks, this is happening right before our eyes. We put out a piece a couple of days ago that of the 10 largest U.S. Co- publicly traded U.S. companies, all 10 are sharply higher uh, from the bear market lows with an average gain of better than 63%. Some of these gains, you know, again, met up. Some of these gains are uh, 100. NVIDIA, 160% moves higher from the bear market lows, again, for the 10 largest U.S. companies. And then today... We got more evidence of the same. The NASDAQ 100 uh, hit a new uh, uh, high of, since, since August. What is that? Uh, about a new eight-month high uh, since August the 18th. Uh, today, XLK, as Tyler reminded me before the podcast, uh, the tech sector ETF hit a new 52-week high today. Again, uh, the, the, uh, the generals are leading. A rising tide eventually lifts all boats. That's exactly what we expect to see happen next as the market begins to broaden out. That's been the complaint of a lot of people. that have said, okay, fine. You know, the top 10, 20 companies are surging higher, but they're not taking the other companies with it. Uh, frankly, we disagree with that. Our portfolios are seeing solid growth up and down. However, there is some, there's some evidence that there's, 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 there's some proof to that uh, because the Rust 2000, of course, has been a laggard. Small caps have really lagged. And uh, but we're st- I think we're going to see a big broadening in this market uh, because when tech is leading like this, and then again Nasdaq 100 day hitting a new uh, uh, eight month high, uh, the, the XLK ETF hitting a new one year high today, uh, the, that you're going to see uh, the rest of the market follow tech because that's how this market works and it has for a very long time since they started quantitative easing. Tech has led in both directions. And uh, I don't I don't know why that would change. Uh, this is why, again, we believe this is the birth of a new bull market. If this is a bear market rally, more please. Please give us more of this because it's just been a stunning move higher in the largest uh, largest cap companies. Also, uh, Tyler covered this yesterday. Global markets are really a uh, house on fire. Several European markets over the last couple of weeks have hit new and sectors have hit new 52-week highs. And then yesterday... Uh, the uh, Japanese uh, uh, Dow, called the Nikkei Dow, uh, hit a new 52-week high. Mexico did as well. So it's uh, again, you, uh, it's interesting, right? Global markets are doing better than U.S. markets. That's not something we've been able to say for a very long time. Uh, we still like uh, uh, to, to be positioned here better in the U.S. I think that's where the, uh, uh, the where the the, the the biggest move higher is going to take place on the remainder of this year. Which again. We said this from the from the lows of last October, the capitulation on October 13th, which was a classic bear market capitulation, one of the top three to five of my career. And all the signs were there. We've seen, again, the leadership from there has taken place. And all the stocks you want to see lead have led. Semiconductors up over 50%. Housing stocks over up over 50%. These are our, our leading economic indicators that continue to point to the fact that this is a new bull market. Uh, talking about housing, we focused on this this morning in our VRA uh, uh, morning letter. Housing index uh, yesterday hit a new 52-week high. That's the HGX, the Philadelphia Housing Index. It's a, it's a, it's a national index. They just call it 
the Philadelphia Housing Index, and an infantry high. Joining ITB, which is the home construction ETF, which hit a new 52-week high last week. Housing is our most important leading economic indicator. There is nothing more important when it comes to uh, acting as a discounting mechanism. Again, a leading uh, indicator for what's going to happen going forward. Housing is such an important uh, asset, of course, for everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, look, it, it, it baffles. Uh, I know a lot of people are baffled by this. Uh, with inflation just hitting 41-year highs last year. And uh, Joe Biden is president. You know, everyone's looking for the recession around the corner. And, and it's just not happening. Because if it were, folks, we would see it in the housing market. We'd see it in housing. And I'll tell you, when housing stocks are leading higher, it's not just bullish. It's wildly bullish for the U.S. economy and for U.S. markets. Because, again, this is how it works. This is a leading indicator for a reason. Uh, and uh, and, it's, and it's really it's, it's, it's telegraphing what's going to happen next for the rest of the market and for the U.S. economy, I believe, which is, means, again, we'll be, waiting, we'll be waiting a long time for a recession, uh, even though we've called for one, likely, in the third or fourth quarter of this year. You know what? Uh, right now, we're just not seeing it in the, sign, in the, in the groups that would basically uh, pinpoint that one was coming. We're not seeing that happen. And if, if that changes, if that changes, we'll be the first to tell you. Right. If the facts change, we'll tell you. But we believe housing is in a long term megatrend bull market that will last until at least 2030. It's a structural bull market. Again, supply demand. There's a lot of demand, not enough supply of homes. People that own homes don't want to sell. What are they going to do? They're going to have to go get another home with a higher interest rate. Right. They've got low rates locked in. So that means a very, very tight market. And at the same time, again, home builders setting new highs. And then the homeowner, and this is really a big key, homeowners have never, ever been in better shape. That's why we said this is not 2008 with the regional bank crisis. This is nothing like 2008. And we've called the people that say it is clown show acts uh, because that's how off base they are here, folks. Credit scores for homeowners have never been higher. Home equity from ho- homeowners have never been higher. It's at 56%. Defaults on mortgages have never been lower. This is not 2008, folks. It could be a lot of things, but the one thing it's not is 2008. And when housing is leading, again, it takes the rest of the market with it. All right, let's take a look today under the hood. Uh, uh, internals were, again, they've not been amazing. They've not been horrible. They've been somewhere in between, a little bit of lukewarm, and today more of the same, although we're positive, really, across the board. Uh, for advanced decline, NASDAQ was a positive, not two to one, about 1.7 to 1. NYSE was positive by 500 issues uh, volume today. Uh, NASDAQ volume positive by $700 million worth of trading. Uh, the one negative today, NYSE, uh, in volume was just slightly negative. And we did have more 52-week uh, lows than highs today. But again, nothing uh, really to, uh, to to write home about. And our sector watch today, uh, a, a beat here. Seven sectors finished higher, four finished lower. Let the upside by the groups you want to see lead higher. Technology, communication services, both up better, well over 1%. Real estate up 1%. Uh, utilities also up 9 tenths to 1% to the downside. Energy uh, down one, $1, excuse me, down 1% today. And financials down a half a percent. Uh, again, the financials, regional banks still trying to find their footing. I do think there's good value here. We have not taken an official position in this group. Uh, we, we're not big fans of uh, catching a falling knife which is what this group has been. We've avoided bank stocks for about a decade. 
Uh, and when we do get back in, it will be for a trade, uh, probably in a trade only. Uh, we've not done that yet, but I do think, as I said on Fox Business uh, on Friday, I do believe this group is bottomed. I do believe it's worthy of a trade, but I'm just telling you officially, we have not, here at the VRA, taken a position in this group of yet. We'll let you know when we do. Uh, what else today in our commodity watch? Refresh here. Um, gold popped on the news of the CPI uh, uh, report today and then fell back. Still, again, even at the close today, $2,036 an ounce, gold is now $52 an ounce from all time highs. This is uh, sideways uh, action, this consolidation. Uh, folks, I think this is going to result in a massive breakout uh, to new highs, uh, new all time highs in gold. Today, though, Gold was down six dollars an ounce again at twenty thirty six an ounce. Silver down twenty seven cents an ounce at twenty five sixty two an ounce. Copper down five cents a pound at three eighty four a pound. Crude oil down ninety three cents a barrel at seventy two seventy eight. And finally today, Bitcoin uh, twenty seven thousand seven eighty three up one twenty one. All right, folks. Again, always appreciate you listening. Hope you have a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close. <laughs>